1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: This is the High Hopes Podcast. I hope. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yay!
2: Edition of the High Ops podcast and Jack The hopes are a little higher. Alright, we're we have been it's been a a rough 2020 for everyone and the High Ops podcast is no exclusion from that. The you know not being able to win one out of your you know two out of your last eight instead of one, you know, having to watch that bullpen the yes, worst yes, of all yes. time. And then this whole fiasco, and then it being Dombrowski, it's been a tough 2020, but at least the guy could talk, Jack. At least I didn't have to watch a Phillies press conference and wish that my team would just fold and it, it cease to exist just because of the press conference I was watching. I was able to watch a press conference and say, all right, you know what? At least this guy could talk to the media. At least this guy is like... An adult, a professional, like, knows what he's doing. That, it's amazing, Jack, how that alone can, can just give you a little juice because it, it's been so lacking. How are you, buddy?
3: And speaking of talking, James, I think I've talked myself into it. It only took me a podcast. Um, yeah,
2: I- I'm, I'm shocked. I honestly, I really, I, I didn't get to say it during the last pod, yeah. but I left the last pod Completely and totally floored that by the end of that pod, you had not talked yourself into him. The fact that it's another pod right now is actually shocking to me. So,
3: honestly, I didn't want to feel like a phony, you know, and be in the whole I was out on Dombrowski thing and then they hired him and oh, classic Jack's talking himself into it kind of thing. But, you know, once he's yours and you start doing some research, (laughs) yeah, you know, once it.
2: What, you know, ours, our baby. Right. So
3: like you can make fun of our everyone else. Our 64-year-old child. Right. Like You can make fun of everyone else's kid, but once it's your kid, you can't make fun of him.
2: You know? <laughs> it's true. So It's a very poignant, poignant thing to notice. And
3: Jack. I would just like to point out that it is absolutely unbelievable that every single person that I, at one point, don't like, ends up being a Philadelphia Philly. We've been over this a couple times, but... I think before this podcast started, like back when I was in high school and college and all that stuff, really didn't like Bryce Harper. Like was not a Bryce Harper guy. Um, Just wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of the way he, ever since he blew the kiss at the minor league pitcher, I've pretty much been out. Um, And then of course, you know, I see that the Phillies have a chance to get Bryce freaking Harper. (laughs) And it's like, all right, all right, all right, all right. I'm in, I'm in, I'll take him, I love him. Anyway, um, and then it Joe was, Girardi. and then it was Joe Girardi who, before we had this podcast, I would always like troll you and Giulio totally. about, about how totally. he's not that good of a manager. He's very overrated yep. and anyone can yep. do what he does with that bullpen. And I mean, I don't know he didn't have the best bullpen of all time this year. So, um, you know,
2: <laughs> how about real quick, how about his comment? I, I, I Joe Girardi saying that we could have told hitters what pitches we were throwing and it couldn't have gone worse. Yeah. Is one of the all-time manager quotes. And did you carry on.
3: And did you actually hear it or did you only read it?
2: I only saw was it better and I only it read was, it. Was it better? I cackled. Like I don't
3: really laugh it. <laughs> I was just like he was like he was like honestly, if I just put a T out there and said we're going to throw we're throwing this, I think it could have gone better. And like it was just such a it was such like a freaking hands in the air like I don't know. Like sure, bring in freaking um uh you know let's do workmen for the thousandth time, but honestly, in listening to it, it was like, it was like oh I see his thought process because whole his whole thought process is is these guys are better than this. Like he, I honestly think Girardi by the end was like bewildered. Like it might have been a science experiment. Like how many times can I do this, and are they going to be as bad as the, the the numbers have shown? I think that's what it was. I think it was an experiment to see. If he could have the worst bullpen in baseball,
2: like, it. is this possible? Can right. I do yeah. this? Is this possible?
3: Exactly. So that's that's exactly what well, I think guess I what meant.
0: Joe. It was.
3: Yeah, you did it. Yeah, congratulations. I mean, we could have won, you know, one more game in the last week of the season, but um, yeah. So so uh, so it was Girardi, and then it was Wheeler, who I think a podcast before they signed him, I said, imagine being the team that's going to give Zach Wheeler a hundred million dollars, and then it was the Phillies. <laughs> And then it was Theo Epstein. It really is
2: amazing. It really is amazing, dude. It's like,
3: unbelievable. A, a,
2: a true run here.
3: It is. Uh, it is unfreaking. It is unfreaking believable. How
2: much you hate Mike Trout, or like how well, much you hate? Instead of like talking about you love Eric Neander, that was a mistake we made this whole time. You should have been like, whatever you do, don't get Eric Neander. I'll take anyone else, not that guy. Well, hey, that, that's the, the angle we should have taken here.
3: I agree. Can I? Can I try something now? Can I try? Yeah, can I try oh, doing this? That's what we're here for. I mean, right. that's, that's that's why we're here. This podcast is for experimental things. Sometimes seeing if seeing if what we're doing works. Let me just say this. Let me get this out in the atmosphere. Nolan Arenado can't hit away from from Coors Field and not that good anymore. I I, I think I think Nolan Arenado is over the hill, and I would not endorse the Phillies trade for Nolan Arenado. Ooh,
2: I, yeah, I I think that is uh no. See now, no, you know what? I can't. No, I got to do no. my part and say. Jack, you're crazy. There Nolan Arenado is one of the bester basemen in probably the best basemen in baseball. The dude is a defensive wizard, and I think the home road stuff is overblown. The guy's hit on the road. The
3: overblown? Did you see him
2: last you know, year? You know, this guy's a a, a perennial All Star.
3: Oh, you won't throw out this Jack, you won't throw out this generation Schmidt, Schmitt, will Cooper's you? Down.
2: He's headed to Cooperstown,
3: Jack. I don't care if we he's headed to Cooperstown. There for
2: that ride to Cooperstown.
3: I don't care if he's headed to Cooperstown. I'm not paying a 31-year-old Nolan Arenado $250 million to come here and suck because he can't hit away from Coors Field. I think we sold him. I think we sold him.
2: Yeah. I it was good. Yeah. I, I yeah. feel really good about what just happened.
3: I, I would just like yeah. everyone to know when they get Nolan Arenado this offseason, go back to this moment. And finally <laughs> – Bringing this whole thing full circle, david oh, you
2: were you were, you were gonna bring it around. i did I just thought we were I, going wherever.
3: I would just like to point out I always bring it around. I always get back to where I was started. I'm pretty sure I've never once wandered on this podcast. Um, and it, it circles back to one David Dombrowski, um who I maybe we admit may, this is maybe the biggest one because we we said we never did the podcast again if they hired him, but um. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you know what we can only stop doing the podcast so many times yes
0: we can all only, right? only...
2: stop to fire matt clint yeah. they got rid of him we came back yeah. we're like you know it can't you know
3: come on we can only pull and... that threat so many times where john's like i, I don't think yeah. you're gonna shut down the podcast
2: uh, 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 so uh, you know yeah and and look all right let's get into the brass yes because, like... let's talk about our guy. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Like you, you coming around to Rowski was the single most predictable yes. thing of all time. But me and I, uh, here's what I'm going to say. And then I want I want you to sell me because I'm not as far along as you are. Obviously, unsurprisingly, that's kind of our thing. But actions speak louder than words. That is my my number one thing, and I need to see the actions. But like I will say, and and obviously, like I wasn't kidding before. It's like somewhat ingest, but the idea that that someone can um, sit in front of a bunch of media and just handle questions like it's the only thing he's ever done in his life, like he is just a, a absolute pro, just. Deflecting, answering, saying what needs to be said, saying the right thing. He was perfect. Like he could not have been better. And the 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 gigantic chasm of a of a leap that it is to the press conferences we've been seeing. Like that does matter. And, and I don't want to like, you know, it's not, but I'm not gonna say that like just because he could talk, I'm all in on Nebraski. I will say though, like what he said is what we wanted to hear, right? That's why I started with Action Speak Loud and Words, because I need to to see the actions before I'm like you and I'm like really starting to really fully support Dombrowski. But I, I, everything I heard in the press conference when he was on with Angelo, you know, he wasn't saying he like is acknowledging his reputation. He understands the way he's seen. And he's saying, hey, listen, I, that's part of why I'm coming here. I'm not I'm not here to 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 just tear this down and and go for a championship right now. He's like, I want to build something. I care about the future of Philadelphia, which is the one thing you said in our, let's call it a meltdown of a podcast last time was, was I just, and I think it was honestly the single most important point made in the entire podcast was, you said, I just need Dave Dombrowski to care about the Phillies. I need him to care about what it's like when he's gone. You know, I need him to not just care about like, let's be really 64 years old, the the five years he's here, maybe I know it's a a, a five year contract, right? Or four year contract, four years, 20 million, who knows past that, whatever the four years, the five, whatever he's here for. And, it, you know, it, it, maybe it's seven, eight, like max, whatever. But like, we need him to be invested in what happens after in setting up the franchise to be a, a sustainable functioning Franchise, obviously positively functioning franchise, moving forward, winning leaves and and that the question of whether he cares or not. It sounds like he does, but obviously the question of whether he does or not will be answered in the actions. But I will say, if if you know, as someone again who was very critical of and all that, to to step back and kind of reevaluate and look at it just from a, a, a looking at this guy and his history in Major League Baseball and what he's done and and where he comes from and all that like he is someone who can set up a franchise who understands how a functioning franchise should work and someone who again like obviously has had a lot of success and and early on in his career was a a, a draft and develop guy and has made some great draft picks some all-time great draft picks so if this guy, to your point, I think the core of what we need from Dave Dombrowski is for him to care about not just his impact on the Phillies in the years he's here, but his impact on setting up the franchise for the future, I think is going to be the, 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 the critical thing to his tenure as the president of baseball operations. And I, I think it, he could do it. It can be done. We just need to see that he's not caring more about, you know, getting his third world series while he's the president somewhere or whatever. You know, if, that, if what's what are his priorities? And because I do think that ultimately we've seen that John Middleton and we'll get into Middleton and in the Stark article in a minute. But we've seen that John Middleton can be swayed. By base, but what, you know, look, Andy McPhail, perfect example. <laughs> the fact that Andy McPhail still is so involved in this whole process um, shows that John Middleton, when he trusts a baseball person and puts a baseball person in charge, he will listen to them. So Dave Dombrowski will be able to theoretically steer John Middleton in certain directions. We need him to care. That I think that's the biggest takeaway from what you said last week and listening to him and all that. I think it can happen, but that is going to be the core of his his tenure. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And um, I I think the I think the main reason why I'm coming around to the Dombrowski thing is did you hear him talk about power arms? I mean, talk about a guy that gets it. Actually, I don't even know if it was a power arms so much as it was the uh, Nick Abel's not going anywhere thing, basically. You know, as soon as as soon as soon he was all in on Mick, I was like, all right. I
2: will say actions speak louder than no, words.
3: Nope.
2: no, no. Mick Abel, no. But look, Mick Abel's the perfect example of this. Like, Mick Abel ain't getting to the major leagues in the next couple years. Like, you never know. But we're looking probably, what, like three years away, best case scenario? Yeah. Best case scenario? 21. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Starting like, the All-Star best game. Case scenario. Like, so... So, like, that's Dombrowski having to care about the future. So, I think that's going to be a – I really hope that's true. I think that'd be massive because, look, if he does – caring about Mick Abel staying here really restricts his ability to even do that, to even come in and tear something down and tra- – because, like, what else you got? You got Stott, you got a couple other small pieces, and then you draft and develop and and whatever. But, you know, Mick Abel is definitely the the prize of the class right now. Yeah,
3: yeah, 100%. Um, but, yeah, like – I I just like and I know I know it's because he talked and I, I I'm so bad when it comes to guys talking and sounding like they know what they're doing, you know. I mean that that's was a big hinky guy, you know, that's big uh, um uh like Maury when he first talked to me he got here, like uh even Chip back in the day. I'm a sucker for a good talker. Um I always think like, oh this guy knows what he's doing. I guess I just I just with Domski, I just like that there's a... at least there's a plan. Like whether or not it works is to be determined, but I did, and that's one minor thing from the press conference I really liked was um, he didn't really mention the driveline guys by name, but he did say that we brought in new player development guys in the last couple of years, and I've heard really good things, which I think is important because you know uh, you know Middleton when he talked about the whole you know draft and develop and and all that stuff, and we haven't done that well in a hundred years and whatnot. Like he's right, but at the same time, I I want I want John, I want everyone to acknowledge that. In the last two years, it's also made pretty big strides. I mean, Brian Barber's here. You know, everyone freaks out about the, the drafting and stuff. And, yeah, it wasn't great, you know, before Brian Barber got here. But I, I think it's in pretty good hands with, where, with 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 Barber here. And the player development guys, they just have to be given the, the, the reins to go do what they do. You know, I, 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 we've brought this up a lot, but Connor Brogdon coming out and looking like the next Ryan Madsen is because of the the driveline player development guys down there in the minor league system. JoJo Romero. The, him going from 91 and me and Gillio seeing him up in Reading, and being like, this guy stinks. And then he's coming up and he's turning into a legend in the Phillies bullpen and throwing 97. That's player development. That's the Phillies player development staff. Alec Bohm going from a slap hitting third base prospect to driving the freaking baseball is, is due to the work of, of, of Jason Ochar and that staff down there. Moniak reaching the major leagues because of that staff, whether or not he's a, uh, uh, starting caliber center fielder is to be determined, but getting the most out of Mickey Moniak, a guy that looked like he was turning into a, a lost cause is because of, of the player development staff down there. So I, I just, I don't want that to be lost on a guy like Dave Nebraska to come in here. I want him to recognize what those guys are doing down there and enhance that. I want them to keep going. I don't want the old, I don't want this to be a whole big, like, We got to get old school scouts in here and, you know, really just use your eyes and stuff. And data's bad. You know, I want them to use more data. And I think that, and this is going to be a faith thing for me, but I believe that Dombrowski is a smart enough baseball guy that he understands where the sport's going. He understands that for them to, to draft and to develop and get the most out of these guys, you have to, like... I was a division two baseball player and I see what these guys are doing and it all makes sense. This guy's worked in baseball since 1978. He has to understand that what these guys are doing is where the sport is trending and just look at the results that has already gotten here and around all of baseball. So I, I need him to understand that. And I, I believe he's a smart enough baseball guy to understand that. I really, really do. So, um, you know, I, I just think he knows how to set up an organization. And I think the nice part about this is that everyone's going to know who's boss. Cause it felt like, like the way it's been written about, like McPhail has basically just been absentee president. Like he hasn't really been around, hasn't been hands on. Normally Like it was kind of like, ah, oh, well, I'm just going to let Mac Lentac run everything. And I don't really care where it goes, you know, but with Dombrowski here, it seems like there's going to be at least a, a top down hierarchy. So um, yeah, I just, I like that there's an adult at the head of the table and yes, it's crazy because when you look at it, he's really only lost two trades in his entire history. The Randy Johnson trade in the nineties and trading uh, Alfredo Simon for, or trading Eugenio Suarez for Alfredo Simon. But for the most part, this is my main thing. Like Dombrowski doesn't really lose trades. I guess one of the things that he does, and I think that hopefully we'll learn, is he's really good at a value, at self-scouting and knowing which prospects he can give up that aren't going to come back to bite him. Because there hasn't really been major cases of a prospect coming back to bite him outside of Ye- Eugenio Suarez and, and Randy Johnson back in the 90s. Other than that, his trade record is unbelievable.
2: Well, that's awesome. I mean, and, I mean, and it is, that, it is like the Scherzer trade was a steal. Yeah, well, the Cher- yeah, the Cabrera trade to Detroit was yeah. massive. I mean, there were a bunch of and, and responsible. I believe I don't know if he drafted Cabrera. I think Cabrera, he did. Dra- well, he signed, drafted, he signed. He signed him. Cabrera. I thought he did. That I thought he signed him. And he, he drafted part of World Series team.
3: And he drafted Beckett.
2: Yeah. Well. Yeah. I I, I drafted Verlander. Uh, um, yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Look, I, I think that. Because this is one of those cases where I think when looking for who we wanted to well, be the president retool, or, retool, or or general manager sure. or whatever um, at the there, time, like we man- were in a box of looking at, at people who are doing things the way baseball is being done now. And as a result, I think Dombrowski, you know, we maybe a little unfairly put him in a box with some other people who he probably didn't deserve to be in that box with he's better than the people in that box yeah and he's not he's
3: not in the ned colletti uh exactly
2: injury all those guys like
3: that actually would have been a meltdown yeah
2: exactly exactly like that is he's light years better than yes. than those guys yes. and and his resume says that and i think that because we were so excited for the thad levines the turnoffs the neanders like all those guys as a potential options I think maybe we've gone a little too far on, on what Dombrowski is and could be. Because it is true, and especially, look, if, if we're talking about a guy whose reputation, the bad, the, the bad part of his reputation is that he comes, th- comes into places and burn things to the ground to win it all. But if he's not losing trades in burning things down, if the idea that he's, you know, yes, maybe he's overspending. In some spots. Maybe he's handed out some bad contracts or whatever. Like, clearly, the well, Cabrera contract in Detroit, a disaster. Like, yes. a horrible, 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 awful, horrendous, terrible contract. But Well, the sale contract, um, too. Yeah, the sale contract is a disaster. Like, And, and even without the Tommy John, it was a dis- Before he got the Tommy John surgery, it was already a disaster. And it's like, oh, wow, now it's like an epic disaster. Um, but, look, he won a World Series there, and... Uh, You know, if you look at Detroit, like he did build in Detroit, you know, he did take a team that was bad and made them good. A team that was bad for a really, 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 really long time and made them good. Um, And again, I do think that the point you're making about he's like a true baseball guy, Dave Dombrowski, like, you know, you hear all the stories and I know that we all know them by now, but like the idea that a, a GM or a president of baseball ops is, is traveling on the road every week with a team every time they go on the road is like, that's crazy. Like that doesn't ever happen. It like, gets super weird. And it's cause this guy's like a baseball guy. Like he's a true lover of the sport. When you read that Stark article, maybe now's a good time to to get into that, you know, talk about his wife's like, I, I know you love this too much. Like, I can't let you like, stop. Like you, you're, you, this is what you love. And it does seem like, you know, you hope that he's, he's kind of re-energized by this new challenge and this new opportunity. But, Let's talk about the Stark thing because if you haven't read it, the Jason Stark piece on The Athletic about kind of how this all happened is a a really good read and gives you a lot of insight into the process. a process that we all obviously for a long time thought was one of the all-time disastrous processes and ultimately didn't end up as disastrously as it looked like it could have at times. Um, What was your takeaway from the or takeaways from the Stark article kind of detailing the process of how they went after Dombrowski first it was initially the top guy on their list he said no he said no multiple times on the way and they went and you know talked to you know a lot of the top guys Thad Levine we know about all this stuff and then ultimately just kept pressing with Dombrowski after Levine you know kind of begs out they come back and uh, and make it happen with Dombrowski um, what were your takeaways from that article well,
3: um, my my main takeaway was that they're really close to getting Thad Levine, and <laughs> like, kind of, it kind of hurts that he's not here. Um, and it, you know, I was like, I, I almost didn't want to read that part because I was like, wow, like we could really be sitting here with the Thad Levine led baseball team, and um, whatnot, whatever, not gonna happen. But um, yeah, like my main takeaway was, you know. When Middleton, when Middleton gets guys on the phone and talks to them one on one, I don't know what he does, but he seems pretty convincing. I mean, you know, when like the like McPhail's basically like, hey, just talk to just talk to John, right? And then he talks to John. Like I think it was both Thad Levine and it was Dombrowski. I mean, Thad Levine, it was like, yeah, I'm not taking the job no matter what. And they talk for an hour, and he's like, I'll think about it, you know. And then there was the Dombrowski, where I was like, no, 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 no. And then, and then McPhail was like, all right, just talk to John. And he talked to John. And within an hour, they both kind of realized where this was eventually heading. That Dave Dombrowski was going to be here and be the, the president of the Phillies. You know, it was nice. So it was nice. I, I honestly, my takeaway from it was I feel better about Middleton. Um, and I feel better for two reasons. One, I liked a lot of the names that he had on the list. And... Um because I guess he had three lists. He had one list of established names. Four lists. Okay. Four lists. Okay, but whatever. The one the one list was all terrible names besides Dabrowski. Yeah, whatever. it
2: was established old guy, you know, Brian Sabian, yeah. which is the second best name on that list by far. Yes. Um, and even then, I wouldn't want Brian Sabian, but at least Brian Sabian won three world series and is very accomplished. Um, but then it was like Coletti and Hendry and Duquette and all these Dan disastrous O'Dowd. names. Uh horrible. What is Dan and then O'Dowd? It, it was the list of the what we would like to call the the dream list, the, the high Neander, hopes list, Chernoff, Levine, <laughs> yeah. like the blank check list, yeah, yeah, the blank, yeah. yeah, yes, Jack. And then yes, the, well third li- the third list, the third list
3: was the uh, rising stars, right?
2: Rising stars, and then the last, well, no, the uh, yeah, the assistant GMs and all that was list, and then there was also a list of uh, of like GMs who were recently out of jobs or ever who were out of like there was an unemployed list. An old guy list, for lack of a better term, a rising, uh, a a established stars list and a rising stars list.
3: Right. I would I would have called the um the the rising stars list the high hopes list, but that is not my business. So um he had the right names on there. I mean he had the right names on there. And he had the right right names on the yeah. Est-
2: well, I mean the Mets hired one of the guys on the ri- yeah. rising star list. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Um. Um, but yeah, no, he had the right names there and I'll give him credit for that. And I, and I, like, where, I like where his head was at. Obviously, this was really hard. I mean, ends up that freaking <laughs> McPhail was right about people uprooting during a pandemic. Um, I mean, even Dombrowski is still living in Nashville, even though he's running the Phillies now. So
2: No, stop. He wasn't right. We've seen a 1,000 GMs yeah, in but, went across but, the country. No, no, no.
3: I agree. He went
2: across the country. Dombrowski's 64 years old and j- literally just bought a house and just moved to Nashville. It's a unique circumstance. I guarantee you anyone else who gets that job. And that, Levine, it wasn't the pandemic. It was that he loves his job. He was like, this is my dream job. I love the people I work with. I love the situation. I'm not leaving it. And even then, I think the article slightly embellished. I, I, I did not take away from the article that it was really. I know that that's kind of what the article implied, but to me, it felt like Levine was never leaving Minnesota. Like that's what it felt like from reading the article. It was like, oh, like John gave it his best effort, but ultimately, Thad just had to stay in Minnesota. He wasn't interested at all, but John got him a little interested, and then he was like, yeah. oh, I gotta stay. Like that was all fluff to me. Like I, I don't think that Levine was. I, I disagree with that take. For me personally, I, I was like, it never felt like that was really that close. It felt like. He said no, and then he was like, "All right, I'll listen to you." Really nice pitch, but no. Like that was what it felt like
3: to they me. They did give him permission, though. They did give him permission, um, which you know symbolizes that things may have been moving in the right direction. And then he slept yeah. on it and stayed. He I'm said he say now. He said, "I want to stay cold." So what a loser! But um, and that Levine is now dead to me. But um, yeah, no, I just I, I I don't know. I left the article feeling better about Middleton. I, it it. And I, and I know it sounds bad that your owner has to ask for advice around the game um, about what to about to run his baseball team. You know, I mean, you'd hope that he's been around for long enough that he'd have a better idea. But, um, you know, at least he at least he seemingly asked the right people and they were like, just let the candidates come for you. And I'm glad he didn't make, like, a super rushed decision to hire a guy he didn't feel right about. And I know it ended up being Nebraska, and we'll see how that turns out. But... Um, I liked his process, I guess, um, but I, I really, I, I, genuinely left the article feeling better about John Middleton, and I'm willing to give this a chance. I'm, I, I I'm in. I'm in on Dombrowski. Um, I am in on him being here, saying the right things, understanding that it's not a, a one year. Let's go all in and try to win as fast as possible. I like that he said about, you know, um, getting this being a sustainable winner seems like Middleton is committed to the sustainable winner thing. Um it is funny though that basically in two press conferences or press conference and an interview with Angelo, Dabrowski has uh um basically said that they're not gonna really spend that much money and he's not sure on JT and uh all this stuff and no one really cares because he just sounds like an adult talking at a press conference. Um but you know, whatever. Uh but yeah, I don't know. I just I, I I like where the team is at.
2: Yeah, look, I um, I generally agree with most of what you said. Um, I I think that um, it made me feel better about the process than I did before. Uh, obviously, I don't know how you could have felt much worse. I will say, I, I, look, I I do agree that it made me feel better about Middleton to to a point, but that is also because I felt. Horrible about Middleton I feel better But look I'm still Gonna Hold him to the fact That he said He wanted to be a big boy That he said You know I wanna You know I'll do whatever it takes To bring the trophy back And all that stuff And And A big piece of that article About Middleton Was about slashing payroll Like you just said And about Having to eliminate jobs And all this type of stuff And it's like Oh how he lost 145 million dollars Can we stop saying this Like You did not lose 145 million dollars You didn't make one hundred and forty-five dollars. That is a very different thing. That is a very different thing. The, this whole narrative that all oh, MLB owners are losing all this money—they're not. Like it's a—it's f- farce. It's—it's—it's it's, it's outrageous. Like crying poor is—is is especially now in America where there are a lot of people who really are poor who really have a right to cry poor who have lost their jobs and all this type of stuff. It's like uh, I. I I am offended, and it's not just Middleton. Middleton is a part of this, but it is is all these owners. It is the vast majority of these Major League Baseball owners who are making it seem like they are these destitute, poor souls who the pandemic has just crushed their business. And it is, frankly, it's a little offensive. Like, it is. And, And there was a big piece of that article. And I understand, look, I understand it's a business. I get it. I get that they're real life. Uh, situations with with everyone, with every business. Our business had to cut people. We all know that this is what it is, right? Like, I get that. But at the same time, like, I understand that, that that stuff has to happen, but you are also someone who is one of the biggest markets in the country. You are one of the biggest markets. And you are also someone who has said before that you are going to spend, that you are going to be willing to do what it takes to to bring a winner here. And I, I just... Like, the, all the I'm losing so much money stuff doesn't ring true with me. Like, it bothers me. Like, that's my issue with John Middleton right now. And again, I understand it's a business and all that. I'm just saying, like, I don't, I understand if they're not going to go crazy and go over the luxury tax and all that. Like, I don't agree with it. And, and I, you know how I feel. I, I think he should go over the tax. I thought he should go over the tax last year. I thought rolling out that bullpen with a chance with a team that in a weird season otherwise was good enough. Like, I, You know, all that. I hold all that against him. And moving forward, I'm going to hold it against him if he's going to cheap out. Like, I just am. Because you said you weren't going to. It's a major market and... Like, I, I just, so I, I understand the, the, the realities of the situation from a pandemic perspective. I'm just, that's my concern right now with John Middleton is the the keep crying poor. And it goes back to the press conference where he's like, Jim when Jim Salisbury has the question, he's like, Jim, can you tell me how many people are going to be in the stands? Can you tell me the financial realities of all this stuff? All that type of stuff that is just it rings hollow with me. Like that stuff right now rings hollow with me, especially with Steve Cohen sitting in New York, wanting to go out and do whatever the hell needs to be done, and and being very open about it. Like, wow well, that part makes me nervous, Jack. Nah,
3: let me first say this: Steve Cohen's a fraud. Get out of here. Like he's, he's 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 traded he traded a rule five pick the other day for cash. You kidding me?
1: I mean, get out of here
3: with Steve Cohen. I'll I'll believe it when I see it when he's when he's spending boatloads of money. I think he'll make a. I think he'll make a nice little off season this year. But like I saw some report the other day that he also doesn't want to go over the luxury tax this year and he has fourteen billion dollars. So whatever. It's just the it's just the reality of the sport and you gotta work around it. Whatever, it's frustrating. But, you know, you can say about the money stuff, and I get it. i it makes I it it's frustrating. But at the same time, I mean, Nebraska had a four-year, twenty million dollar deal. I mean,
2: yes, no, mean, that's good. I appreciate. He that. is. I agree. He, we we may he paid not to bring Nebraska here, whether or not like you know he paid for that role, which is something we've called for. I agree, that is fair. I wish it's it was a fair uh, counter.
3: I wish it was uh, you know, yeah, four years, four Neander years, whatever, forty million for uh, Neander or yeah, something.
2: Yeah, exactly. But but I agree. Look, he went out and spent on a spot where there is no tax. There's no you know soft cap, whatever. Like. Yeah. I, I, I do appreciate that. I'm with you. I just,
0: uh, again. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best the power of their data wasabi another boston-based championship team i'm i'm feeling more positive about
2: the phillies i'm feeling much better about the dombrowski thing i'm feeling better than about middleton than i was before like you said i just the the one piece of that article that made me nervous about middleton is that, again these the, again like enough with the you lost 145 million dollars enough enough just stop saying it like stop saying it that's where i'm at
3: no, well, he can't stop. He, he can't, he's, I know, he's, but again, he's already, he said he lost 2
2: billion Jack. He said well, he lost 2 billion.
3: We don't that like, could come uh, on, man. No, but that could also been the freaking journalist. We don't know. We don't know if Middleton really said we lost 2 billion. Like I mean, come on. There's no there's okay. no there's no way that he actually said. That. Like I think I that I hope not. I think that was the 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 New York Post trying to get some some clicks or whatever.
2: Okay, it's possible. Regardless, enough.
3: Um, I don't know. So so yeah. He shelled out. He shot out for that. Yeah, and I get it. But also, but here's the other point that I'm kind of a, believe, excited a little bit about is that I really do think that one of the main reasons that Middleton didn't go to the luxury tax last year was um, I don't think he tro- I think he lost trust in the guys that he was spending or were spending his money. Right? I mean, Mechlenbeck's blown what like five hundred million dollars of 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 John Middleton's money. Um, I'm not blown it, but he spent a lot of it. Uh, and now I think that with Dombrowski here, I think Middleton's going to be a little bit more like, all right, I trust you. You've done this before. Like, I will, if you say that this is the guy, we'll go get that guy. And ultimately, I mean, I think, and I think you saw it with Dombrowski, is that he was aggressive in that he wanted to go bring Dave Dombrowski here. And again, that may be the right move. That may be the wrong move, but ultimately he got his guy and he paid him $5 million a year to do it. He, 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 he went out and got a guy like that. And I think it was because he was starting to feel like, why doesn't anyone want to come here? And that may be a little bit self-induced, but at at least he was like, this is embarrassing to me and my organization. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to just sit, sit idly by. I'm not going to just sit idly by and let my franchise just turn into a joke. I mean, Again, maybe coming self-induced, but like he, he didn't let that happen, and he got a guy in here that establishes credibility, uh, a lot like Joe Girardi, same kind of thing, going from Kapler to 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 Girardi, I guess quote-unquote established credibility. Which again, like, I just I don't care really about establishing credibility. I mean, I guess like if everyone needs to put on their big boy pants over there and you know and and be a major league franchise in this day and age, I guess good job, you know round of applause. Um, but uh, at least he did it, you know, at least he did it. He didn't sit utterly by and just let it, um, you know, fester on. Another thing I liked about what Dombrowski said, uh, I guess, on the press conference was it did seem like he wants to groom a general manager. Um, so, you know, there, a lot of the talk when he was in Boston was that he never had a GM was because he wanted to do the, everything by himself. But now he's 64. He only set a four-year deal. I don't really anticipate him wanting to be a president of baseball ops into his <laughs> 70s. Because um, by that point, you would think, right, that Nashville would be able to have a team. You know, the pandemic will be over. They'd hopefully be recovering funds and all that. So maybe go back to Nashville after four years. I like the idea of, of having a GM ready to be groomed that, that can just take over when he's done and, and hopefully – continue on having a, a well-functioning organization.
2: Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm with you. I, I, again, I, I am more positive than I was there. There's hope. I'm not as dour, depressed, as down as I was, but I, I, I will go back to what I said at the beginning of the pod, because I, I think ultimately that that's the key to all of it is, is actions speak louder than words. And, and that's what it comes down to as with Dombrowski and, Clearly, his words are damn good, and he's good at delivering them. Oh yeah, but well, the action speak lo- louder. And same thing with Middleton. You know, we're we're again like, well, all right, bro. Yeah. Like again, you are the one who said you're gonna do whatever it takes to bring the bleeping trophy back to Philadelphia. It's on you. Bring the bleeping trophy. Well, back. Let, that, let, that's where I stand.
3: If we're if we're, if we're pulling the uh, action speak louder than words card, I mean, he's been the job for a week, and there hasn't been a move yet. So maybe he really is. Whoa. is. <laughs> Thinking but about building a sustainable. You got some
2: rumor. At least we get some rumors. Oh. At least the Phillies can actually theoretically be in on people. What I know. an exciting thought. I know. You have someone running your franchise while free agency is happening. Well, and now oh, we can... what a crazy thought.
3: And now we can finally like, who are Dombrowski guys? Um, You know, who are possible Jackson GM Bradley candidates? Bradley Jr. Yeah. Yeah. You know, finding guys that that, that, that Dombrowski might go after. What does Dombrowski like? His first move with the Red Sox was trading for Craig, Krimble, Craig Kimbrell. Let's get Brad let, Hand or let, Liam Henderson let, uh, right. here.
2: Let's hope it's not his first move here is training for Craig Kimbrel.
3: What? Come on, man. One more year. Craig. I think he had a good <laughs> year last. Did he start to find it a little bit last year, Craig Kimbrell? Um, no, but, like, yeah, listen, I don't know. And, listen, I get it. I just don't, like, I just don't care anymore. Like, I just, I'm just happy to have a freaking guy that can run our team sure. and I can, like, actually get excited about looking at players like honestly I didn't even want to do a freaking off season podcast cuz like I don't even know what players to look for what is Ned Rice's guy what is a Ned Rice guy I don't know what a Ned Rice guy is I know what a Dave Dombrowski guy looks like so like I didn't I had no hope I had no hope a couple of like 2 weeks ago and look bam 2 weeks later there's hope and it sure it came in Dave Dombrowski but I can't believe I'm saying it
2: trust the guy <laughs> all in all in on the guy uh look again like it's so much better. also
3: is dave Dombrowski the tallest guy in america every picture of dave Dombrowski,
2: like he looks like um like a uh, he, he's like david bowie and david burns cousin
3: i don't know man okay. he's got i don't know how tall he is like but he's gotta look. be a, he's, he's got
2: style too he's at like, least six ten, right andy mcphail who's like you're, I'm a hundred percent sure his wife cuts his hair. Yeah. like Dombrowski is like styled and cool. Like, like, If again, I know we said last time, but like the, the, the the biggest single thing that can be said about this is like McPhail to Dombrowski is like going from like, like a a child to an adult in terms of running your ranch. It's
3: it's like a big difference. It's like going from a Toyota Camry like uh like the the Porsche. most the yeah. most the most basic version of a Toyota Camry like w- absolutely no sunroof uh, there's no like you know extra gear it's only manual or only uh automatic um like no touch screen it's like the old dial thing like it, he he was a freaking Camry from like 2007 and now we got like at least a 2013 Mercedes. Like, I mean, right? It's, yeah, it's not, like a
2: BMW, yeah. something like that. Like, yeah.
3: It's
2: just you can get slightly to slightly older model. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah, we got a 2013 525 BMW now running our team, which is I love it. an upgrade, right? It's not a, it's yes. not a
2: 2007 Toyota Camry. I just think I think you're giving. Andy McPhail way too much credit as a 2007 really? Toyota Camry. He's like the... a 1999 Saturn viewer. Like he's like he's a car that is no longer. Oh, being you
3: know what movie. he is? He's a he's Quicksilver. Like an, he's a Quicksilver. Yeah,
2: exactly. He's a car that you can't buy anymore right. unless it's like on 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 eBay. You know what I mean? Like
3: or like he, uh, you know, or maybe he's
2: not in production anymore. He's
3: like it? a he's like a Mazda Miata, like a. <laughs> like... <laughs>
2: I love that. Like you think it's a sports car. I think Andy McPhail drove a Mazda Miata at one point. Yes, he definitely. Back did. in the heyday, he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a Mazda Miata guy." Hey,
3: hey, what's up? <laughs> well, hello, hello, Andy Bell. I don't know if you know this, oh, but my thank dad. Thank God that
2: guy's gone. Thank God that guy's gone. Andy, don't let the door hit you on the way up. Uh... I, I, am. Thank God, leave, 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 you loser! I hate you. Wow. Thank you.
3: Wow. Wow, poor Andy! I just let it flow there. You're not letting the the door kick him on the way out, huh?
2: <laughs> How
3: funny was it, by the way, that Klentak was uh, giving names to?
2: Oh, it was the best part of the article. The best part of the article is even Matt Clintack submitted a list. What do you
3: What do you think? <laughs> oh, what do you think name was? I, honestly, and I and I mean I am being dead serious when I say this.
2: I think it was probably a pretty good list. I think
3: know. it was probably the best list of everyone there.
2: I totally agree. Of the listings at Gillick, like. Yeah. Uh, Charlie Manuel, Dude, like I hey, bet you Clint Texas was there. Can best. we stop I'm so with, with you? I actually had the same thought, Jack.
3: And like freaking Terry Ryan, what is Terry Ryan um, doing around this organization? Like again, 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 all these guys got replaced by smarter dudes. All right, like Thad Levine and Derek Felvey took over for Terry Ryan. Like you know, like the Jim Hendry freaking thing. Like Theo, Theo took over for him. Whatever, I just hate it. I like, why, get all the old guys away from the organization. Although I do like Charlie and Pat Gillick. I, I I'm impartial to those guys. I don't know what Terry Ryan's doing here. I don't, and I I hate every time he's mentioned. Like I, why the frick would I care what Terry Ryan says?
2: I agree. I agree. I'm with you. Him and Andy McPhail can, can go out to yeah. pasture together. Yeah.
3: Um, Dembrowski, m- uh, listen, might be Pat Gillick.
2: <laughs> I mean, look yeah. again, again. Since this is the hey, we were really mean about this last time. This is this is basketball. one Let's big nicer This is one big
3: yeah. this is one big
2: like uh. We're sorry. He's a Hall of Famer. I mean, in reality, like the guy will probably be in the Hall yeah. of Fame when it's all said and done. Like he is. He has had a much better career. Like Andy McPhail won two titles with the same team in a four-year span thirty years ago. Well, like just got
3: yeah, but you have to factor in that he's Steve Bartman and catch away from
2: Yeah, of course. Great point. um I mean, Dave Dombrowski, like, has built multiple winners. Like, he has built two World Series teams, really built another one of them that, you know, the second Marlins team was a big part of that. Like, has taken franchises from obscurity and made them great. And, you know, like, yeah, the Boston thing yeah. is weird, but he... he Went in there, and won a title. Well, like, that was you know, that was also his. A lot of the work was already done, but he won a title. Right, so... but that was also his job.
3: Like his job there exactly. was to and do said, whatever. Take
2: come in and get us over the top. And guess what? He got you over the top. He won 108 games, won a World Series. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm with you. I think that look, emotion is a, a wild thing. Yes, man. like sometimes emotion yeah. can get the best you. Yeah, yes. And I, I, I again, I blanket statement. I, I am not fully sold actions speak loud in words. I need to see what happens. But I absolutely think that we were, we were too hard yes. on him in our last part. Yeah, hey, I don't hey, think he's like quite. Hey,
3: we never lie to the high hopes listeners.
2: Exactly. We got to be real and honest. And we're, this is the truth,
3: you know? And listen, and honestly, ultimately we want to be in like, there,
2: the- of course, I'm dying to be in. Well, you were already in because you want to be in so bad. Yes. Like, you're already in. Yes, but at here. the same time. He doesn't even made a move yet, and you're already in because you want to be yes. in so bad. Yes,
3: but also at the same time, like, I just, I, I think that me and him think on the same wavelength when it comes to building a baseball team, and I didn't want to be the guy that, like, he made a move that I would make, and then me being like, eh, you're Dave Dombrowski. You don't know what you're doing. Because I think that me and him think alike when it comes to building a baseball team. Like, good defensive center fielder, Jackie Bradley Jr., Good shortstop. Andrew Alton Simmons. I think he's gonna go after him. And then it's like a closer is important. Even though like he weirdly crapped all over Hector Neris when he was with Angelo. You just took a crap right on him. It was
2: like like, it was like He's like, We clearly don't have that guy here. Like didn't even like acknowledge, like, you know, maybe Hector could be that guy, but I'm not you know, like he was just like, Yeah, that guy's not here. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. And for those who didn't listen to him with Angelo, he basically said like they asked him about a closer and he basically said like we don't have that guy here and me and james were like i don't know man hector's all right
2: (laughs) i like hector we text each other we're like but like i thought the answer was a good answer outside the Hector, part. like he was like hey like i do believe in a closer which you and i have spouted for years we both strongly believe that there are certain people who can handle that role and certain people who can't but he also said look like you don't have to go out and buy one like he's like closers can come from unexpected places and i i liked i liked the answer made me think all right he's not gonna go out and like overpay for closer act although, you know I mean? although
3: doesn't he scream like a liam hendrix oh, yeah, you know
2: what though i was i was about to say go out and overpay for liam hendrix but you know what like that's like the one guy like i, I don't want to overpay for a closer but like i really like liam uh, hendrix and I, I think he's gonna be really good for him. for a few years here so like i that i literally was jagged it's so when he said that because when i was gonna say i hope he doesn't go out and overpay for like a Liam Hendricks, and I—I I didn't say that. I said for a closer because, like, I didn't want to imply that you could overpay for Liam Hendricks because I would be super happy with Liam Hendricks. Yeah,
3: so, no. we would both be ecstatic. So, now I oh, will say, and oh, this okay. is this is my this is my god take, is not the thing we did earlier. Like, I don't, I don't really want Brad Hand that much. You know, like, there's a lot of people that love. They think like, from all right, I'll put it this way: I like Brad Hand, but I, he's for me, he's not in the Liam Hendricks. Like no. level, no, no, no,
2: no. But you wouldn't have to pay him like right. Just, I know, I, think...
3: I know you won't. But the thing that uh scares me about Brad Hand is, and I know his ERA was good last year, and people, a lot of people look at that. But the fastball velo dip was real, and I just, I, I'm fearful that that continues. And you know, like I, his underlying stats didn't suggest that he was that good last year. But if you look at his ERA, he was good. So like, I, I, I would like Brad Hand, but I'm not like Liam Hendricks. I'd be like, hell yeah. Brad Hand, yeah. I would be like, eh. So when the Phillies sign like, Brad Hand...
2: I'm only in on Brad Hand for a one-year deal, like is the point.
3: So when the Phillies sign Brad Anything, Brad Hand, yeah, let me just say, years, love Brad Hand. Million, love like, love eh. Brad Hand. I love Brad Hand. When the well, look, sign.
2: I will say, like, for what it's worth, you know, you're in a division with Freddie Freeman, with Juan, Juan, Soto. Juan Soto, with, you know, Conforto McNeil. and McNeil and all those guys. Like, it, you know, having a shutdown lefty closer... You know, it's presumably, hopefully, shut down. Like, having a good lefty closer, like, you could do worse, is all I'm saying.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. It's definitely a good point. Um, um, But honestly, like, yeah, I just, I I think, I think kind of how, kind of how Maury came in and made, like, five moves, and it was like, oh, all this makes sense, right? That's kind of how I'm, I'm entering this offseason with the Phillies. Like, I think, I just think that Dombrowski's going to make a bunch of moves that make sense, and, like, ultimately... Ultimately it might not lead the Phillies to like a you know, I think they can win the wild card. I think they're winning the division or any of that stuff. But I think he's gonna come in and make some moves that make sense. And ultimately the guy's knows, the guy knows how to build a baseball team. And for you know, for as much as I think we reacted strongly to the Red Sox era, Dombrowski, I think the reason why I'm more in on Dombrowski a week Same. later is is because of what he did with the tigers and not what he did yep. at the end of the tigers And
2: even florida but particularly detroit
3: right but yeah i mean florida was whatever that was
2: a long time ago yeah
3: Florida's and i and ago. i guess i mean it is nice that you know the year he tore down the fir- his first draft well, it's you know nice it said took-
2: he was able to 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 go out and build a team like basically a championship team from scratch through free agency and trades and then still rebuild another team that would win the world series or play a vital role in building that team. Like, I don't know. I think that's impressive, but I I think that the Detroit, I mean, that was, he was out of there before, you know, before Oh three even. So like, it's hard to give that too much credence. It's like a different sport in a lot of ways now in terms of running teams, but if the Detroit stuff is recent enough. And the way he did it like that, I, I think that, I mean, again, he took a team that hadn't made the playoffs in something like 14 years or something like that. And, and turn them into a team that won the division five years in a row. Like, it was a, you know, went to the World Series, you know. Like, that was a, a legitimate turnaround for a franchise. Yeah, you
3: know? and I guess my thought is, I guess, after reading more and all of this stuff, is that he's really done it a couple ways, he's, and and he's ultimately won everywhere. You know, he's done it, he's done it in, like, 1997. He, he put a team over the top after building them. Um, with, the, with the Tigers, he took a team that was in the dumps and built them into a, a real contender. Um, and and made the correct moves to put that team over the top, and and then with the Red Sox he came in and they were like, hey, win the a World Series. They're like, all right, cool, I'll go do that. So I th- I just like the fact that he's done it different ways. And I guess what my I didn't I guess I t- didn't put together all the stuff he did with the Tigers. I more looked at the end of the Tigers. But also you kind of have to factor in what the like the owner, if I remember correctly, was on his like he was kind of towards the end. And he was just like, pay whatever it takes. I don't care. I'm going to be out of here in a couple of years kind of thing with like the Miggy contract and price and um, all that stuff. So, yeah, I I like the Detroitness of it all. Um, You know, his first draft pick was Grandy. He drafted Verlander, you know, really good picks out there. So, um, yeah, listen, we knew it was going to happen. We couldn't stay down forever. (laughs) And we're here, baby. We are a Dave Dombrowski podcast. We well, are a kinda. Dave
2: Dombrowski. I th- I think we just found the title of the pod. How about that? Yep. Two weeks in a row towards the end of the pod, it just it naturally happens. Yep. You know, we yep. are a Dave Dombrowski podcast.
3: Never. Heard Boom.
2: That. Uh, take back, Fritzy. Um,
3: I honestly don't think I really have much. You know, it's just been a lot. Oh well, I think we should talk about JBJ, right?
0: Yeah,
2: that's yeah. a D- JBJ, and uh, it's really been. And, and I guess we can quickly mention that they signed Neftali Fleece. All right, we're good. Natalie no,
3: Feliz, yes, who is somehow only 32 <laughs> years old. Um, but, yeah, so JBJ. So um, everyone talks about JBJ like his, um, you know, not, not, not the best hit tool. And I get it. But, I mean, I just in watching some of his at-bats from this year, it does look like he made some nice swing changes. Um, I always felt like when he hit with, the like, uh, even 17 and 18, he had those – was the, the eighteen uh ALC where he had the big the big grand slam and all that stuff. I always felt like he was correct. Where he was off balance, you know, like he would hit him run and like his feet would be all over the place. Um and it would be like he locked into it. But in watching him last year, I felt like he finally got a a good base underneath him. Um he did like he did bat two eighty two last year and and if you look at his hard hit rates pretty good. Nothing that's gonna jump out, but he's always pretty consistently hit the ball hard, so um I and I just love the idea of JBJ patrolling center field for the Phillies. Like just an absolute I mean he's a defensive superstar. He's, he he's like one of the best defensive center fielders of all time. It would be it would be like but Yeah, what, he
2: is a all-time stud in center field.
3: Yeah, it's what the old heads used to talk about with like Gary Maddox and all that stuff. So, um I would just I, I would just be excited to see what he would do defensively and ultimately like Roman Quinn always took horrible routes i mean no matter what
2: oh i can't again i was literally just had a conversation about the austin hayes inside the park home run (laughs) yeah which is like just a uh uh like what were you doing dude like diving there was one of the all-time like like most just like having such a lack of feel for or he had such bad instincts out there was Unbelievable, and not just that, Jack. I mean, if we're going to talk about defensive, like we're, we've gone from from Quinn to Kingery to Herrera to Hazley, like like for the last six yeah. years, you know what I mean? Like none of like uh, Herrera, uh, Herrera would make some some nice plays, and stuff. But, like was never a true defensive center fielder. Like we would be talking about bringing in again the best center fielder in baseball, like a a, a, and a stone cold yeah, and Kiermaier. The, those two guys, yes. Um, like a stone cold like stud in center field would be would be a lot of fun man like yeah. we've had a lot like we have had such bad outfield play like other than you know a little Bryce Harper fun the last couple of years like we've had such bad outfield play for the last five plus years Jack that like just to see someone out there who is like a true great at his position would be really exciting
3: yeah and like I mean uh pre-ACL Taron Cutchton in left field was like oh my god I mean <laughs> Like it was because like, that was that was going from freaking Reese. It to, was. It was. I mean, Reese in left field. I love the guy. But well,
2: that was part of what I was talking about with the bad outfield play. We've had to see. We had to watch Reese Hoskins play left field. That uh, alone.
3: Unbelievable. I, mean, I can't believe we lived through that. I mean, talk about a miserable. experience. I know. I know. Um, I know. Well,
2: but yeah, how bad. Like, again, we've had so much bad Phillies baseball. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So
3: it's only been nine years. Not that long. Um, but yeah, JBJ, and then like thinking about if they could get Andrew Allen Simmons on a one-year deal. I mean, just I mean the, the I mean, offense. Think about that. Uh,
2: what a defensive squad! You go from like I mean, you have the the. Uh, uh, one of literally the top defensive shortstops in the history of baseball. Maybe the best. Maybe like the best. Simmons. Angleton Simmons, like, literally might be the best. Like, I know Ozzie and all that, and it's probably Ozzy and all that, but, like, legitimately, like, Angleton Simmons has a case as the best defensive shortstop in the history of baseball, even though some people think Freddie Galvis was better. But yeah. we'll let, you know, let that slide. Um Like, and then you add, like, an all-time great center fielder. I mean, think about that up the middle. If you could bring a certain guy behind the plate back. I mean, that's an all-time great defensive up the middle. I mean, especially if, if Kingery can figure it out and play second base for you. I mean, whew, man, that's about as good an up the middle as you could ask for
3: it. Yeah, Dustin Major with more talent at second base there would be great. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be, that'd, be, that'd be dope, as the kids say. But, um, yeah. Dude, I, that, is that a thing they say? Yeah. I, uh, but yeah, I would really like, I just, I would just like to have a guy like uh, JBJ out there in center field and make things uh, pretty sweet. Um, do I have permission to call my shot? Jack,
2: you don't even need to ask. Like this is, this is, this is the, the trust tree. This is the safe space. Okay. This is us. It's yep. high hopes. You yep. always have permission. You can just call your shot.
3: Call my shot. I think Josh Hader is going to be a Philly. Um I think like Dabrowski <laughs> loves his uh loves his shutdown reliever <laughs> and I think he goes and gets Josh Hader this offseason. How about that? I love please
2: call your shot more often. I'll, I'll, I'm in on
3: whenever whenever you need me to call my shot, I will call my uh, shot. Can
2: you imagine just like going from the the Phillies bullpen of <laughs> last year to just Josh Hader? It's yeah. like <laughs> Oh my God. I mean, talk about JBJ and center water in the middle of a desert, Jack. It's water in the middle of a desert. And you've been wandering for days and you're about to die of thirst. And there's Josh Hader hurling 99 mile per hour fastballs. And it's like,
3: (sighs) yeah. Cause ultimately I still believe that they're a bullpen away from being a pretty good team. Like if they had a, if they, if they brought JT back and you know maybe signed Andrew All to play short, I just don't think I don't think DD Dee is coming back. So they brought and, then, and had Simmons play short, JBJ in the outfield. Um, you trade for Hader uh, and maybe sign a sign a Liam Hendricks on top of that. The Phillies could be a good team. Um, they could be a good team next year. You know they're not they're not as far away as I think like a lot of people think. I I I I believe, but but that might just be but it might just be me.
2: Look, positivity, baby. Yeah, that's what we want. What we here. That's what we want. What we, do. we are a Dave Dombrowski wow. podcast, and we're on board. Yes. Um, you got any uh, final thoughts?
3: Um, uh, I have two final thoughts. The MLB Top 100 prospects are out for the MLB oh. draft. Oh.
2: Red season.
3: Oh, I can't wait! I can't wait. There's like there's there's already so many guys at their team that I can't wait for, and I'm already pissed that they didn't lose more so we get where I wish they were. Um, but I just can't wait. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I, there's there's some um, like I I just need them honestly. One of the things about Dembrowski is that I think I I I have this weird feeling he's not gonna make major moves this off season, but I think he's gonna invest heavily in international and the draft and, like, try to get as much talent through there as possible. Obviously, you want to do that. Please. No, oh no, but please. I think... but But for a different reason, because I think he's going to... I think he wants to use it in trades eventually. Like, I, I think he does eventually want to use... And they just don't have the talent right now to do it in the minor league system to make the trades that he wants. And but that's I
2: think, the quickest way to get legitimate talent that yes. you can pay for. It's an interesting thought.
3: Jack. Yeah, I, I just think he's going to... Like, I think he's going to spend on all the comp picks. You know, they're going to um, spend on... On first round talent, like if if a, if a if a a big name guy starts dropping, I think they'll they'll spend the money on him, and then I think they'll spend heavily in the international market and, and try to make aggressive moves there and try to get as much talent into the system as fast as possible, so we could use that to try to upgrade the major league roster. So um, that's kind of what I was kicking around in my head the other day. Um, early favorite for me at the Phillies at thirteen. Um, I think I got to do it. I think he's going to be the guy it is Andrew Painter. He's a right-handed pitcher from Florida that throws 97 and reminds me of Charlie Morton slash Roy Halladay. So we'll, uh, we'll leave it with that. Um, also, as always, the able
2: Painter
0: future
3: oh, one
2: too.
3: Yeah. Andrew Painter paints. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> um, final thing, high hops cans are officially here.
2: Uh, oh, and they're glorious. Yeah, so like gonna, we'll be They are out. as awesome as you would think they would be.
3: Yeah, so officially this weekend at Four Fingers Brewing Company in Aston, PA, you can get some uh, High Hops cans for yourself. We also have some other cans in the building that I think you would enjoy. Um, but yeah, High Hops cans are official here. We're going to put out some stuff on social media today uh, tomorrow. Um, but yeah, fun times, fun times. So uh, I'm excited for everyone to see the can. High Hops is the official beer of... The High Hopes Podcast.
2: Yeah, go get iHops, get the cans, get some other beer. Uh holidays are coming up. It's cold. You want to get, you know, tucked into your house and drink some beer. That sounds like all I want in the world. So that is a must. Um Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. all that stuff to everyone. We are we are gonna be uh available for emergency pods. David, if you're listening, yes. we're ready.
3: The JBJ, Dave? the JBJ emergency podcast.
2: Our guy, Dave Dombrowski, yes. we are here. Uh, but otherwise, we will be back uh in early January, Jack with Can I Say It? Our perfect off-season podcast. Yeah. I feel like now that Dave's here, we can do it. That is our, our and it'll be 2021, which will be beautiful, yeah. like not 2020 anymore. Although we're gonna start that's 2021. Not
3: gonna, nothing. Hey, let me just let me just be honest with you, nothing's gonna yeah. change from January 31st. Or December thirty first or January first. Like this just because no it, it strikes twenty Just because it strikes twenty twenty one. This is asinine. It's not the mean... end of twenty twenty.
2: Everything will
1: be okay. everything will be glorious.
2: It'll be like sunshines and rainbows okay. everywhere you go. Everywhere, yep. it's it's all good. Yes, Once this yeah. year it was just the year, yes. Jack. It was a it was a, a, a thing that is unique to twenty twenty. Yes. Uh it's, regardless. it's completely done. If, if you could
3: if you could yes. ask for one Phillies move to wake up to under the Christmas tree, what would it be?
2: Yeah. If I could, oh that's a great I mean uh, I mean, JT.
3: Obviously. JT. Oh, that's so I mean, boring. That's so boring. Want to know what my answer is? Fine. How about
2: this one? How about this one? <laughs> Dee. Didi. 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 Didi back.
3: Boring. 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 I love that guy. Too I'm boring.
2: I'm so sad. I'm
3: so sad. I got one for you. What do you got? If I get Go one, if it. I could get one move to to show up under the Christmas tree on Christmas morning, it would be a nice fresh trade for Joe Musgrove. Bring me Joe Musgrove, please, Davey. I need him. I need Joe Musgrove here to be my new actually good Pavetta.
2: Okay. I'll actually take decent JT. Pavetta. I'll take DD. Dee Dee, Sucks. Jack and F Jack and F <laughs> Joe Musgrove.
3: Sounds awful. Um, I'll, take, I'll take Joey breakouts. By the way, speaking of Pavetta, he's going over the top in his motion now. And I would just like to point out I had been screaming from the rooftops for him to start going over the top with his windup for three years because it made more sense for how his mechanics worked. And I hate that he's doing it in Boston. He's going to break out in Boston and I'm already sick and tired about it. And that's why I need Joe Musgrove here.
2: Yeah. Well, Chaim Bloom was wearing a a spin rate with a dreidel Uh, on it. shirt, Which like literally is like my spirit animal. And I was like, well, that, that could have been us. I could be wearing that spin rate dreidel shirt, but you know what? Dave Dabrowski's here. We got Dave. Dave Dabrowski, actual
3: winner. Chaim Bloom, We're, not yeah. a winner. I mean, how
2: many World Series do you have, Yeah, That's Loser. what
3: I saw. Loser Chaim hey, Bloom.
2: Hey, 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 Chaim. Hey, how many World
3: yeah, Series you yeah. got, Shame. Yeah. Right. Hey, nerd boy, how many rings you got? We got Davey, Davey, Davey three rings? Davey two rings. Two rings, two rings, two rings. Sorry, I was already counting my next one. <laughs> With with what? Joe Musk with Joe Musgrove starting pitcher one,
0: oh man,
2: oh my goodness, um, I I don't even know what else to say. It was perfect. Um, we'll be back in 2021 unless Dave gives us a reason to otherwise. The hopes are high, man. He's Fritz himself, and we'll see you later.